Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Hey, hey, what do you know? Joe Pavelski. We are recording this episode on Monday. The day of game six between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights. And I am just sitting here hoping beyond all hope. Hoping beyond all hope that it goes seven. Why, pray tell, do you ask? Well, because my mother is now an official hockey junkie. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. My literally octogenarian mother was texted me after the stars won the game Thursday night or Saturday night with no flipping way go stars. And I, she said, are they, they head back to Dallas, right? And I said, yes. And she goes home crowd. And I sent her a gif of Pantera just head banging. And she goes, that reminds me of you. I hope to see that in the crowd as well. We have created a, a hockey junkie, ladies and gentlemen, by this playoffs. And, you know, it's so sad because it happens every playoff. Every playoff, like, series, every year, people, like, fall in love with hockey. And yet the NHL does its best to be as inaccessible to new viewers as physically possible. Even though their game is, like, fantastic, they just try their best to make sure that nobody gets to see it. Well, in the past, I would agree with you, but now now it's just become part of the rhythm of she now is no, she, because of where we live, um, CBUT is carried on the cable system, which is the Vancouver um, regional CBC affiliate. So she just goes automatically there because she gets hockey night in Canada mm-hmm. at that point. Um, and I will, I, I, I will say even some other members of my family have just sort of fallen upon it because it's been on ESPN and TNT sort of ping ponging between the basketball games that they show. So there has been a few more members of my family going, what round is this? What game are you watching? You know, I'm, then then invariably it's me asking, well, what game are you watching? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's the second round or it's the, if it's a conference finals. Is it always this crazy? Yeah, yeah kind of. <laughs> so I, I think the stumble upon factor has exponentially increased now that they're on networks that actually, you know, appear in people's houses as opposed to outdoor versus and messing uh, cnb whatever tv and nhl network oh don't even get me started on that crap cassie <laughs> you've done it oh have i opened the floodgates for the rant oh you might have <laughs> oh well then please continue uh patrick isn't there an and cassie isn't there another c- c- Seattle metropolitan area team that doesn't actually play in Seattle happen to be playing some hockey. 
that can't um, even get coverage in the local channels yes and there's only one place you can possibly see this alternative form of hockey that isn't the nhl anywhere and it's inaccessible to most of america mm. <sighs> yes by and large sometime in the next decade we will see a new commissioner of the national hockey league are we sure we won't just get like a weekend at bernie's commissioner at that point <laughs> it depends who's pulling the strings but i might be okay with that mm -hmm. is jonathan silverman available You know they're just gonna. You know it's just gonna get somebody's gonna come up with a great idea of just training uh, an AI machine based on Gary Bettman, and we will just have Bettman AI running the league. Or could we just get the potato from Vancouver? <laughs> could we get that? <laughs> No, no, copycat league, remember? So every whoever comes in next will be like, will be strongly encouraged to do everything the same as Gary Bettman did because after all, that got him into the Hockey Hall of Fame. That's why I'm saying it'll just be Bettman AI. Mm -hmm. But that's the problem, Patrick. We know the problem with AI technology is what's being inputted and in creating these prompts. It's the people that are programming it to begin with, teaching it all the information. It's doomed to fail at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Andrew Either Perry? that or the <laughs> NHL will be to blame for making AI sentient. They but then they'll just shut down the league and then we're done. <laughs> It'll look around going, well, this is a stupid model. Let's just stop it. <laughs> um, to, to create sentience, don't you have to have sentience? See, and this has been my like question with like AI all along. <laughs> How do you impart self-awareness to a league that apparently has no awareness of itself? That's and and programmers, question. programmers who watch also it, have watch no it, watch it, <laughs> watch it. So we're going to start on the, the, the um, hockey spatial um, tracking model program for everybody, right? No, okay. we don't need it yet. I don't have the time. No, wait a minute. I do have, I don't have the desire. <laughs> there it is. What I do have the desire and the time for is at night, I would love to be able to watch CHL games. Mm-hmm. A little more access to NCAA games. What I have through a certain cable provider has been adequate, though not great, because um, I would love more women's games. Because, uh, by God, every Wisconsin women's game should be broadcast. I would say. And then uh, some. Minnesota, Minnesota might disagree with that, but okay. Yeah, well. That's because, well, Boston hasn't done anything in the women's hockey space in a little while. It seems like that rivalry went off, went by the wayside. It, it, it's Wisconsin and Minnesota, and it's no longer Minnesota and Boston. 
it's very interesting but no i would like to be able to watch alternative forms of the game you know where oh you can potentially follow certain talent like i don't know wait 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 wait. you are not an nhl fan but a hockey fan you are a fan of the sport we can't have that I was having this conversation with a lot of people like apologizing when they heard Carolina went out in four games against Florida. I was like, I take no offense to any of this. I probably criticized half the things they did more than you folks. I'm more of a hockey fan than a fan of any one individual team. Even as a former season ticket holder, it's they were accessible in my price range and I got to go watch hockey. But I still haven't seen Connor McDavid play live. Neener, neener, neener. Well, I saw Dry Side also. I'm debating on whether I want to make that a deliberate choice or not. Not seeing not seeing McDavid play live. Cassie, you kind of should. Honestly, it's yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing. Who won the? Bronze medal in the men's world hockey championship. Oh, hup, 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 Latvia. And um, could anyone in the U.S. have watched that game? No, because either USA Hockey or the IHF has sold their U.S. broadcasting rights to a network. The CW has more access than the NHL network in the U S yeah. Who, who's going to be able to watch Patrick Watt in freaking Kamloops play uh, his team against the Seattle Thunderbirds tonight. I am. Yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> no, I could actually, if it were at a decent time. I, I, uh... Which it might be. I didn't check. <laughs> oh, I did post that in our chat, didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. And that's where I, w- I was hoping you would go down that direction. That was me, wasn't it? Yes, it <laughs> and was. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't read that. <laughs> but it's like watching, oh, watching hockey is a gateway to watching more hockey. Right? Mm. Mm. watching a local regional junior team or college team is a gateway to watching the players that turn pro sort of like the NBA and the NFL in the United States gateway drug you know European fans probably form allegiances based on what the their local homegrown talent they play for either the national team or one of you know Let's just use Sweden as the example. Someone in the formerly Swedish Elite League. And then they come to the U.S. Oh, so they've had a gateway to end up maybe picking an NHL team. Maybe following their local, their favorite talent. And we in the U.S. are stuck behind this dumb media rights deal. That is the NHL network. Since the uh, Canadian version was um, laid to rest, it's just gotten worse and worse. And the network has some talent 
very intelligent people working behind the scenes. But it's just gone to waste. They don't want to put money towards it, one. And two, the people who could do something with it aren't being allowed to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Because Batman bot won't let them. So my hope is, and we'll get to the Matthew Kachuk interview in in a bit, I'm sure. (laughs) Turner is about to get their first professional championship game on one of their branded networks with the Stanley Cup final. They're starting to treat it like a big deal. Could you imagine if they had access to different properties from time to time, like saying, just airing the Memorial Cup in years where maybe they don't have the NHL final. Something to fill in the potential four or five day gap we'll have this week with no NHL games since June 3rd will be game one of the Stanley Cup final in either Dallas or Vegas. Um, where's the money? Do they just pick up the Canadian feed and rebroadcast it? Yeah. Then what do they do with the same thing that the NHL network does already? Well, the, that was going to be my next question. What do they do for intermission? Cause that's going to be money off them. Cause they're not going to want to pick up the Canadian. They're not going to want to pick up. Because they can't then sell their own ads Correct. during said intermission show. No, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm for a bunch of sorry business savvy individuals. Is savvy in air quotes there? Yes, it was, Cassie. Okay. Thank you for okay. picking up on my closing. <laughs> um, it seems like they're terrible at business. Case in point, this Ottawa. Senator Sale this week. It's getting contentious. It's this, it's that. It's like these guys just aren't closers. They aren't starters either, for that matter. No. And I'm wondering if if and when the Ottawa sale goes through, if and when there's any resolution with the Phoenix Arizona Coyotes saga. That introduces yet another new ownership. Will there finally be enough, like, I hate to say it because I I hate venture capital, but enough of these VC-minded people who actually throw money at a wall and see what sticks. There's There's too many hockey men to let them do that. Yeah, but all the hockey men are looking, will probably be looking to cash out sooner than later. It's right. We're going to see the next group of the Fenway sports groups coming in. Because one NFL team was paid for in cash by one individual way faster than a conglomerate of individuals could buy the Ottawa Senators right now. And that was several years ago before escalating prices where 
same NFL team would probably be paid for four or five billion dollars cash. So Mark Cuban was on the Smartless podcast roadshow. And I just watched the episode of the whatever they're calling HBO now. Um, and they asked him the question, you know, is what's, you know, sort of like what was the first thing you did, you know, with, with your money type thing. And he said, I bought a basketball team and he paid 250 million for the Dallas Mavericks. Street valuation lately is like 3.5 billion. So this whole, there's no money to be made in sports conversation that tends to be bantied about, you know, as a reason why people don't want to invest in it, you know, like single individuals, that's not really true. He didn't do it, you know. It's, it's, it's true in the sense that year to year, like property, right? Yeah. Right. It, it's like real estate. You're not going to make money off of real estate when you buy it. You're going to make money off of, or as you own it, you're going to make real estate off of selling it or money off of selling yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's so, not day to day. It is not a day to day moneymaker. Right. It's an investment. Right. It's a time over time asset increasement. Now, how do you, how do you kill that? Well, you, create the Arizona coyotes and try and keep them there for 25 years. Um, I don't know. Has there been anybody that has come out and said what the heck the problem is with the group? Why there's this, why there's this air of snarkiness going on? Because it just, it sounds like there's people just sort of throwing this out there. And I've not heard anyone say, you know, all oh, the league's pushing back on this or, you know, they're, you know, members of the group are pushing back on that. It just sounds like there's some consternation being pulled out of is the it air. The fact, is it the fact that this group doesn't have a white man in it? Cassie, at this point, I don't think they care. I, I I really is I think they're looking you know for somebody to actually pony up money. Okay. I think I honestly think they want the publicity and would bend over backwards to have it of having, you know, a minority uh, minority run and funded group owning an NHL team because I think it'd be one of the first in any of the four sports. There are there are minorities that are members of groups, but they're not led by a minority, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think they'd be all over it. Mm-hmm. Especially after the bad publicity they've been. <laughs> exactly. So that's that's why I'm trying to figure out where's where's this notion that there's like, you know, dissent coming from, or that there's that there's some angry negotiations. I mean, I don't know about you, but if you've been in negotiations, uh, they all get angry. <laughs> there, there's going to come a point where you know the offers and counter offers are going to come around, and somebody's going to take one personally. But, I mean, the reports are making this sound like, you know, 
they're threatening to take their ball and go home. And is it the media that's just generating that's this I, stuff out of? I don't know. You know, maybe it's one side feeding it, you know, to to the media with the intent or goal of trying to I don't want to say sour sour things, but maybe try and get their way with Average. something. Yeah. Somewhat in the middle of collecting bids for the Senators, we kept hearing these teams want to get this process going. These teams want to get this process moving along for for various reasons. Some wanted to get in there and try and gain exclusive negotiating rights. I get it. It's business. Whatever, whatever. But the league slow played the process and now we're slow playing the process and who's benefiting other than not creating another um, 30 for 30 documentary in the process. But it sounds like that might be happening too. Is it not wanting to announce something during the middle of, a, I mean, and this is the NHL, so who knows in the middle of a, a playoff series? I think positive news, they'd be all over. Yeah, like that's the best time to announce these things because it's not going to matter on a game day if you announce it noon Eastern. Such and such group has uh, entered in an agreement to purchase the Ottawa Senators. That's a positive story. Hell, the Pittsburgh Penguins hiring their new president and GM, Wonderkin, whatever, whatever ends up happening, presumably tomorrow. That's a positive thing. I think that's one that they would get mad if it was announced on a game day. Sure. So, yeah, you know, they would do it on an off day. But I think the ownership thing, they'd be all over announcing it on a game day because guess what the hype is? The hype is the game. And now during this intermission, you know, if if there's a little lull in the game or it's a 0-0 first period... Guess what you can pivot to really quick? Hey, this group, you know, this this group of um, prominent people who happen to be, you know, whoops, look at that, you know, led by a person of color and, you know, comprised of all these other people um, have purchased the Ottawa Senators. And then guess what? You get to have the Snoop D.O.G. on the TV. So if you want to lead into the conversation we sort of teased earlier, that's the inverse of the Matthew Kachuk on the, on the NBA panel. Mm-hmm. And if, especially if it was during the finals, where I think TNT is going to do their pregame show, you'd be able to roll Snoop out, have him sit on the panel, you know, during the pregame and talk about, you know, hockey and his love for it and what they're going to do and his excitement for, you know, being an owner. I mean, that's just nothing but win. Which means, of course, the NHL will find and do everything humanly possible to make sure they screw it up. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm kind of like, the delay doesn't baffle me because I'm sure somebody's screwing something up somewhere. 
on the NHL side, that is. Because that's just what they do. And this is why they enter into long-term agreements with a certain fancy number that gives them guarantees. It's achievable. The next commissioner, first responsibility outside of solving ownership issues, do something with the NHL network. (laughs) Sell the U.S. rights. Do a 60-30 split. But do something with it. If they did it right, if they had the right people involved, and of course, you know, this is the NHL, so the right people are never involved. Um, They wouldn't have to sell their broadcasting rights. They could just broadcast it on multiple versions of NHL Network, all their games. Let me... And any other games. And they could just, like, corner the market on it, and they could just do it all themselves, and it would be... Beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, and it would be on all the networks. And yes, I'm dreaming, but still. Why do they need a network? Or that. Get rid of it. If you're not going to do so, if you're not going to do anything with it, get rid of the it, damn exactly. thing. Exactly. Why do they need a network? They tried to act like the other three major U.S. Let me rephrase that. The three major U.S. Okay. You want to talk about limited viewer? Where the hell is MLB Network? What good is it? One out-of-market game a week or two out-of-market games a week? Okay. And the NFL Network is really only good for Red Zone. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is not a thing you can do in right. hockey. Now, 10, 15 years ago, them attempting this did make a lot of sense. Where is the incentive to keep it? If it was, and dare I say, hold on, hold on here, kids. I'm going to come up with a really radical one. A streaming platform. <gasps> That was maybe included in their streaming package. Wow. Hey, looky there. That was the whole, I think that was the whole intent of the merger or or acquisition with the ML BAM, right? Yeah. They had the infrastructure in place to make these things happen. I mean, well, wasn't that any, wasn't that NHL had, Center Ice? Bingo. No. They even had that and somehow didn't yeah. completely mess that up before the MLB deal. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. It's like they had NHL or they had NHL Center Ice, which was a package that you could buy through cable. And then for a time they uh, they allowed people to to buy it and stream it online, which they should have just transitioned to 100% but never did. Instead, they canceled it. Well, they didn't cancel it. <laughs> I, um, it's still it's still a yeah. package that's available through cable providers and DirecTV. No, I meant the online streaming part. Because the online streaming part... Um, is now taken care of by correct. ESPN Plus. Which right. I think actually made 
It was almost like a good business yeah, decision. Yeah, I, I, out, outside of, outside of the TNT blockouts, I 100% agree. Right, but, but if, if that was the thing, though, if they, the thing right around the time that, you know, they, they got into the whole MLB cooperation thing, whatever that was, um, they were intending to transition into a streaming network, right? Uh, that's what it looked like to me. I, and then they just gave up on I it. I don't think they had a good idea. I think something just sort of fell on their lap and they were kind of like, oh, okay. That's easy. We'll do that. That saves us from having to do it. Let somebody else take care of it. Yeah. Which I mean, at the end of the day, it was a good, was a good way to go. But at the same time, it's like, okay, so why did you do that in the first place again? And there's the fundamental problem. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. No follow through. You know, we've heard a lot over recent weeks how the league will push back or start poking certain individuals when they hear or see something from one of their broadcast partners that they don't like. And there's been several times where apologies or corrections were issued maybe after a commercial break or maybe we are being very hyperbolic about these things happening too why why is there no pushback or ask for a daily streaming only program from say ESPN because Lord knows they have enough talent. They have enough talent that appears willing to do things. And when they are given a platform, very small scale, it seems to work and work well. We hear nothing but thank you for tuning into this thing that I did. We've had the best ratings yet. Thank you so much. It's like if you stick with something and you kind of see it through beyond like a single season or a couple of cases of the can, things slowly start to work. Well, and that's because one, they're in, they're in it for instant gratification, like so many people are. And two, um, they are timid and afraid of failure and, uh, you know, don't like being out of their comfort zone. They are risk adverse. They want the easy, they want the 100% guaranteed thing at all times and, you know, and it to be a, a booming success right from the start and continue on being a booming success right from the start because they're afraid of failure and they're afraid of being laughed at. They're afraid of not, of, of putting, of losing money, putting money into something that's not going to work. And, you know, and that's, you know, most of us are. We're, most of us are afraid to do those things, but we still do them because, you know, you don't know until you try. But these people don't want to try <laughs> or continue with trying if it's not an Where instant did the success. Drop go? It's the. Where the what? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Where did the ESPN on Ice podcast go? 
with Kaplan and Wyshynski. ESP. Or the its successor with Emily Kaplan and Linda Cohn. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of the name because they changed it. Why don't you just keep the same podcast with two different hosts? Why did they feel the need to get rid of the podcast after they got the rights? That's the one that still perplexes me. Why do they feel the need to put production value behind a streaming show, but not use it on its streaming service? Yeah, it, it went from being a once in a while thing on ESPN2 and then a semi-regular thing on ESPN streaming to a, you know, it's like every time it moved down, it got halved in length almost, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it's a non-existent, inconsistent thing that, you know, two guys on a Zoom call for 15 minutes, you know, they're doing everything they can to screw up the Barker programming that goes along with the sport. Because it's not an instant success. They're not getting instant feedback from it saying that people love it. ESPN on ice was a success. I mean, we were, everyone was clamoring for, you know, the successor to MVSW. And that was the closest thing we got. And that was a good tandem. And they were interesting. Mm -hmm. They had fun. You know, it was everything that helps sell the sport and sell the interest in the broadcasts. So, of course, we have to nix it. It's just mind-boggling. And speaking of people who are okay making fun of themselves, <laughs> the TNT NBA panel. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Who have individuals who don't need that gig. Turner and the NBA need Ernie Johnson. They need Shaq. They need Charles. They need Kenny. Those four individuals could do anything else they want. And that's why their program works. And I will be so happy when we get to play the game tonight and eventually start the Stanley Cup final. Because as great as the Kachuk interview was, because for hockey, that was a great interview. He was semi-candid. He was guarded in some regards, but he was semi-candid. There was light back and forth. It was personable. It took zero effort to get that. It just took you put people in a platform and let them do their thing. And that's something the NHL will never be capable of doing. They're control freaks. To... But in a bad way. 
<laughs> they're control freaks in a let's throttle this thing to death rather than let's overplay it to death way. No, they overplay <laughs> things to death too, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Outdoor <coughs> games. Um, I'm going to be very interested in seeing how the TNT panel is integrated into the cup final. That's why I was very excited that they did the alternating years with the two of them because mm-hmm. this is going to spark competition and we already see we've already seen the results of said competition. Otherwise PK Subban would not have been in the ESPN panelist and be allowed to be his PKness. Mhm. And I hope the competition continues to the point where we see certain individuals swapped out. Or that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, thank you, Mark Messier. Go back to giving we, out your We get it. Thank you very much. No, go away. Chelios <laughs> is hampered in some respects. Because I think he's actually yeah. been fantastic. Much to my own surprise. He's been he's insightful at times when he's one on one with say a host during an intermission session. He does okay and doesn't look as uh, put off by um, Jack Napery having a back and forth with PK. Sure, frivolity. There's a little bit there, and he also has the personality. Well, he'll push back a little. But with something insightful and, and not grandiose and talking with like business logic and, like Messi. And let's be clear here. He also has the best style because the man the man wears suits with chucks. Okay. Everyone else is going for the hipster black, you know, black patent leather, white sold. These are my sport interview shows, you know, shoes. No, no. Chelly is just like, nah, give me a pair of chucks. Rocking with his suit. $3,000 suit, $40 pair, $40 pair of chucks. Classic. Classic. Oh, Old exactly. Like you I can never go wrong that way. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that the TNT panel is starts like because they've been engaging, they've been fun, especially with Hank, with, with Henrik Lundqvist there now. Um, and I'm hoping they mm-hmm. sort of carry it through and find even more, you know, even find a next gear during the final and make ESPN look and go, okay, you know, that's their thing, but we can do our thing. Let's see how we, how we can change what we've got to make it more our thing. Because I, because if you sort of step back and I'm, I'm going to say something that's probably going to make everyone cringe, but during its heyday, um, the Chris Berman, Tom Jackson show was must watch. Was right. It was fantastic. ESPN knows how to do it. ESPN's just not willing to pay the talent. To do things, they. I think the problem there, Pat, is not. I think they believe they've got the talent, but the problem is, is that person, and we all know who I'm speaking of, is stuck in the '90s. 
and that makes it cringy. Here's okay. where I'll disagree. Uh-oh, Here's here where I'll disagree. <laughs> we left the S out of the title. Yeah, that's that's why it's just V. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, it's yes. They have those individuals who are stuck in the nineties that are stuck in their ways that are just happy to be doing NHL games again. They're willing to pay their, you're on television five weekdays a week money. And then they're willing to pay, you know, the entry level into ESPN, but they're not willing to pay the middle tier. Oh, this sounds a lot like the NHL salary cap. Now that I mentioned it. Huh. Um, hmm. They have great talent that they will lose at some point. And so it feels like they're willing to throw their longtime loyal employees a couple of bones. Like, I I imagine Steve Levy next season becomes the top play-by-play voice for NHL seceding uh, Sean McDonough because he'll be too busy doing other sports. See, they have they have talent that they don't really have to pay for. If they can just get NHLers who aren't currently playing willing to open up and be a little goofy on TV. And I think that ESPN isn't going to do that. I think TNT well, sets I'll the come template back again. for that. That's PK Subban. Right. Yeah. Right, and and they need more of that, but it can't just well, be PK Subban. I don't think they need more of it. I think you've got to find that good mix, and I think PK and Chelly are a good mix. I think the whole thing dies on the vine with Messier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or with a good host that knows how to use even a um, dry piece of bread. In Messier, there's a time and place to have that person. Crouton? <laughs> Croutons can be tasty if you put them in the right thing. <laughs> yeah, a little a little bit of basil sometimes could can yeah. go a long way for, for a thing. Even having the right host and, and just Arno Cal, perfect example. He seems like the type of host who knows how to work with different personality types. He works well with Greg Wyshynski. He works well with Ryan Callahan, with Chelios one-on-one. That's the strength of a good host. So here's here's what I wonder. Instead of having Messier as a um, color commentator, for lack of a better term, because that's, you know, he's not... He's not being interviewed. He's not a guest. He's on a panel, but he's not the guy running the show. Why not have him be the guy running the show? Why not have him being the guy asking the questions? I think he would be better suited for that rather than giving a very dry, technical, boring opinion, but directing the conversation. I mean, he would have to be coached in that, of course. He he's ha- probably has no experience in doing that, but... Um, Clearly, he's not entertaining enough for TV in terms of, like, giving an opinion, no matter how, quote-unquote, official it might be. Can he take the ego? No. No. 
<laughs> and you wonder why he's never worked in an NHL front office in any real capacity. No, I, I have no, I have no, no wondering whatsoever there. None. <laughs> but he sure does. But I actually like your idea of taking a player who might be miscast, Cassie, and using them as a host. Or like, using him as an interviewer, you know, or maybe yeah. using him between the benches kind of deal. I don't think he, he's a good studio person yeah, in terms of that case. You t- know? I'll tell you, perception-wise, the between the bench thing would be a demotion for him, and I don't think he'd take it. Right, and I, I, I and I realized that as I was saying it, but at the same time, it would be I a think, good place for him. I think he needs <laughs> to be the sit-down interview guy. In that case, if you're going to do that, make him the one that the, the person that does exactly. the weekly one on one with like they tried like they tried to do with Strombo mm-hmm. and, you know, when, when they first got um, hockey, you know, Strombo is an unbelievable interviewer and they wanted to they wanted to leverage mm-hmm. that and have him sitting down with players. I think if you sort of took that formula and put Messier in the weekly one timer chair, right? And and then you sort of supplement it, you know, he'd be the serious one, you know, and maybe get a goofy question here or there and then let Kaplan do the, you know, do the more player engaging stuff, you know, to your point, Cassie and, and Pat, put him where his strengths is. His strengths are not fun. <laughs> right. No. Right. Okay, since you brought up Kaplan's name again, I think we all agree she is wildly underutilized and is not long for the NHL if they continue to do this. Because she can work in any sport, work on any show, I think, for ESPN. Yeah, she was was doing NFL for him, and they just sort of threw her into this, and Mm -hmm. she's kind of rocketed. Mm-hmm. She's a frequent panelist covering multiple sports on Around the Horn. A great avenue for her. What if she was the host? Mm-hmm. Or what if she is your journalist panelist there every night via Chicago? Like the hot stove used to be? Like the hot stove used to be, or... CB or Sportsnet continually has typically one player and one reporter being freedmen on all their big Wednesday night games. God, if there was only way they some way they could tie that into a podcast, like having the two mm-hmm. hosts of the podcast come on and during an intermission and sort of break current news. And then maybe ruin the the good thing that they had going to drive clicks to the website by corrupting a certain individual's time by too many radio hits and TV appearances so they can't write a thing to drive people cross-platform. Hmm. Wow. It's almost like we should be running a media company and the NHL. You know, there's this scrappy little uh, startup based in, of all places, Ontario. Maybe we should talk to them. Nah, we're American. They wouldn't want us. 
Don't be too sure about that. Hmm. All right, who's going to win tonight? And by the time this podcast comes out, everyone will know who was right or who was wrong. Okay, I, I'm going to say it. This is all Matthew Kachuk's fault. Uh, Boston Celtics. <laughs> uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. We're go- we're going back to Vegas for seven. Yeah, it's well. Yeah, um. now, yeah, it's Pete Devar, right? He's got to go to the final. They're they're going to push it to game seven. They're going to win. They're going to end up playing for the cup. I mean, come on, this is his one year. He's got to do if, it. Uh, he kind Does of does he have to? I don't really want him to, but I mean, yeah. eh. Vegas, Florida is going to be so much better, and I think Vegas would win in seven. I think Jamie Ben returning is a bit of a non-factor. I like think I don't think a... it pushes the series into game seven. I think he'll be a liability because he'll have something to prove. And usually people like that end up being bulls in China shops and breaking things and rules and stuff, or he'll be completely ineffective because he doesn't want to like get put in the box. That's where I'm leaning. I'm just wondering if being the home team is Dallas able to they need to win like a 2-1 game because I don't think we'll see all the giveaways that Vegas had from game five. I, I don't think they're going to be that sloppy with the puck. Losing matchups might actually benefit them in some respect. If they go back to Vegas for seven, is there a lineup change in Vegas? Is there a panic reaction to, wait a minute, we were up. It was three to nothing. <laughs> and now we've lost three in a row. Ruh, row, Rorge. Hmm. Well, if they're not doing that tonight, then. <laughs> are, you, are you saying, Patrick, that maybe a certain individual like Jack Eichel could use a proven power play goal scorer to help mm, put Vegas over the edge? Possibly so, maybe. Hmm? Okay, okay. Somebody who is uh, not prone to hot-dogging too much. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. So why not Philip J. Kessel? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.